The next thing that we're going to be studying is a silk, what's sometimes referred to as a flying banner from the Zhou dynasty of a man riding on a dragon. The way that this was painted, I think, is kind of important because it kind of lays out how Chinese painting and Chinese tradition of art making is in general. It's called the outline and color method. And what they would do is they would actually make an outline with an ink and brush and then paint in between the lines. So in fact, they would make a line drawing with simple contour lines and then fill it in. Now the reproduction that we're looking at here is very orange and it's because it was really affected by the temperature and by the, by the light. And so it tends to be what we're looking at here, there was very little color. This was monochromatic. There was no shading or value system or any kind of depth to it. But the iconography is really important and significant and relates to some of the things that we've talked about before and relates to Taoism in particular. So this was probably a funerary banner and probably represented a guy on his journey up to heaven. First of all, if you look above his head, you'll see that there's an umbrella floating above his head. That umbrella is actually a sign of some kind of honor. And umbrellas, if you look at this Qin chariot um, from the, uh, the tomb of Qin Emperor Shi Zhuangdi, who's the, where, where actually China gets his name, that's, he was the first emperor of the Emperor of Qin. You can see that there's actually an umbrella that was above the chariot of one of these terracotta vessels or horses that are life-size that we're looking at. So we can see other instances of umbrellas being used, and they're actually on some lacquer boxes and on some vases. You'll see these umbrellas as well. The umbrella is a luxury item and probably denotes his class. It's also a symbol of his spiritual authority and possibly of charity. But there are some other symbols involved. And so I've made a black and white reproduction of it and did a line drawing so that you'd be able to see a little bit better some of the elements of this silk painting that we're looking at. For instance, there are some terms and some icons or symbols in this work of art that kind of coincide or link up in some ways to Chinese calligraphy and language. For instance, fish, you. The term fish in Chinese sounds like the word for abundance and affluence. And there's actually other instances where punning and words that sound like one word sound for another, like our word for a place that holds water is a well. And then we also can say, well, I feel this way. The same thing happens in words that sound the same in Chinese. So abundance and, influ and affluence, it symbolizes wealth. And goldfish in particular, when you put gold and you together, you have something that's really a symbol of affluence. There's also um, a story about uh, a goldfish leaping up high enough so that it became a dragon. Another sort of pun is the word for heron, lu, which means path or way. And we see the heron there who's riding on the back of the dragon right behind the figure. So the, the dragon is actually this figure seated on the back of a dragon. He's flying up to heaven and we've got this heron and we, you know, sitting behind him, which means may your path be always upward. And since he's on a dragon, a dragon is a really interesting complex symbol and 
we have, for instance, the dragon can be used as a symbol of the emperor. Uh, some of the islands, Kowloon, are, I think it's seven or eight islands is Kowloon, but there's only seven islands. And then the eighth island is actually the emperor who is the eighth dragon. So long or the dragon symbol is probably a celestial being that lifts them up to heaven. So this might actually be a spiritual journey. And this ties in a little bit with the ideas that we've looked at before. A lot of the ideas that we've looked at so far have to do with Confucianism and with Taoism a bit. We have this idea that you can take everything with you, that when you bury someone who was a leader or an emperor or someone who was in authority over you, you need to do it with a lot of pomp and circumstance, give them a lot of items. And there's also a sort of link to Taoism and the idea of vibrations. And Tao also deals a little bit with the Tao Te Ching is has to do with um, with forces like Tai Chi, Chi force. And so we see some of these things combining together in some of the art and some of the funerary items that we're looking at. Some of the other concepts that I want you to pay attention to are that the artwork tends to be flat, diagrammatic, tends to not be involved with illusionism, tends to be about a clear communication of ideas, using outline and filling things in, except for maybe with the Tao Te mask, which is a little bit like the Northwest Coast of the Americas in that these things are compounded images, that they are several creatures that are put together that might be something that contains you or eats you in some way or might serve an apotropaic purpose.